Hello, friends. I'm Eric Nance, and you're listening to episode 37 of the Our Weekly Highlights podcast. Today, we are covering the issue highlights for week 17, released on April 26, 2021. This week's issue was curated by Batul Almazrak with help from the Our Weekly team members and contributors. The values of open source as a model for development and collaboration are typically discussed in the context of software development, with of course the R language itself being a prime example in the realms of data science and statistics. And R is certainly not the only major software project based in open source that's had a direct positive impact on the field of science and technology. A little over 20 years ago, American-British entrepreneur Jimmy Wales took the open source philosophy and other musings of the free software movement to launch a radically different idea of an online encyclopedia that was not managed by a single entity, but rather the worldwide community, giving life to what we know today as Wikipedia. To say a lot of articles exist on Wikipedia would be a pretty big understatement, as over 55 million articles across 309 languages are readily available. While most of the information is consumed via the web pages of the articles in your browser, it would be a bit tedious to aggregate a large collection of related data using that method. The Wikidata project, founded in 2012, provides a structured database built upon the vision of a semantic web, specifically linkages between items in an ontology-like framework using the Resource Description Framework, or RDF. As someone who briefly dove into this frontier of RDFs, semantic triples, and SparkQL queries, the immense flexibility of this paradigm required, at least for me, a pretty large effort to understand how the structure syntactically correct queries to obtain the desired data. Much like the recent packages in the R community that expose a friendly set of functions that consume web APIs, the TinyWiki Data R package, authored by data analyst Giorgio Comai, gives a similar jump start to building your own custom data from Wikidata, and Giorgio wrote a great use case of the package for our first highlight today. Framing the use case in the lens of data journalism, Giorgio provides practical examples and narrative of how the TidyWikidata R package can be leveraged to find the available characteristics on members of the European Parliament within Wikidata. To take full advantage of the package, there is a bit of basic knowledge on the ways items are identified along with how their associated properties are captured within Wikidata, which is helpful to begin searching for content. Once those are in place, Functions for the basic operations are prefixed with TW to drill down into the data and it fits nicely into a tidy data pipeline. The rest of the post walks through simple checks that can be done on the completeness of available data and how to answer practical questions such as which legislatures a member was a part of, their previous education, and more. Giorgio concludes with links to a complete script available in GitHub to replicate this workflow on your own, 
and serves as a great introduction to the potential of obtaining freely available data to augment your own research. While I was speaking about the easier way to access data just now, there is another very important perspective to ensure everyone is able to consume different representations of data provided online or in our general technology devices. We've seen the power of effective visualizations in many of our previous highlights, but those who have a visual impairment or cognitive disabilities rely on mechanisms such as a screen reader to provide an audio version of text and images. Are there steps that our users can take to bring more inclusiveness to their analytical reports, especially with visualization? Yes, there are, and recent updates to the mighty Knitter package make that even easier for our second highlight of today. Members of the R Markdown team at our studio, including Allison Hill, Christoph DeVer, and Iwei Sia, introduced a new Knitter chunk option called Fig.Alt that is now available to add alt text to any figure produced in a web-based report. Now, what exactly is alt text? Chances are, if you visit a web page and hover your mouse cursor over that image, you might see a tooltip appear with some text. That is precisely the text used by the aforementioned screen readers and other software to give a textual description of an image. On top of simply specifying the alt text with this option per figure, additional capabilities improving the authoring experience include being able to reuse the alt text as well as other chunk options in subsequent code chunks via setting ops.label equal true alongside the ref.label chunk ID. Currently, the R Markdown team is hard at work on enabling custom alt text in non-HTML formats, such as the DOCX or OpenXML document format used by LibreOffice and Microsoft Office products. We will have a link to the many other enhancements to Knitter in the supplements of this episode, but I want to conclude with an inspiring example of how many in the R community are both open and quick to resolve any issues to improve accessibility. Postdoc research scientist Sylvia Canalone recently shared a sobering statistic from her upcoming CSVConf talk in May that only 2.4% of images shared in the various Tidy Tuesday Twitter social media posts contain any alt text for images shared. And Thomas Mock very quickly took steps to update existing Tidy Tuesday resources online and guidances on adding alt text with the popular RTweet package. There is still much to do for improving accessibility, but these are just some of the significant steps that hopefully inspire other projects in the R community and groups to join in on this important goal of making accessibility a priority. And closing out the highlights for today, the flow of new R packages released to the comprehensive R archive network, known as CRAN or CRAN, is showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon. And each R weekly issue has a dedicated section where each of our curators lists their top selections for the packages released in that week. We are certainly not the only ones interested in sharing these developments. 
as our studio's ambassador at large, Joe Rickert, is back with his top 40 list of our packages released in March. Joe does a great job of categorizing the packages into 12 distinct categories, and I'll put the virtual spotlight on a few that caught my attention in various ways. A category I have not seen mentioned before is music. I do like to listen to music, and you might say most of my creations in the art community involve audio in one way or another. So I was particularly intrigued by the new GM package, which implements a grammar of music class structure to let you define musical scores and even audio files by wrapping the popular notation software MuseScore. Just imagine being able to analyze a music clip and then automatically reverse engineer the notes. Sounds like a fun project someday. In addition, the world of text mining has always intrigued me, especially with the many new sources available ripe for analysis. The OP Tools package wraps a sentiment analysis and machine learning classification to analyze opinions from social media sources like Twitter and Facebook. Lastly, comes a package that might raise a few eyebrows, but just hear me out for a bit. The Package Lite, or PKG-L-I-T-E package, enables you to convert an R packages source into a collection of text files and then be able to recompile those same text documents back into the original package format. Now, why on earth would anyone ever want or need to do that? Well, those of you working in life sciences like me may encounter situations where the mechanisms of sharing the code and results of analysis that involves a custom R package do not allow for a simple clone of, say, a Git repository or even a secure transfer of the regular R files that make up a package. Some systems in the regulatory environments require all code to be shared as plain text files with a specific file type. Yes, this is real, but until more optimal methods are found, at least packages like Package Lite give our users in this space a way to share their custom R packages with regulators under this constraint. It just goes to show you that no matter what hurdles are in the way, chances are those of us in the R community will find a way to jump over them. There are, of course, many other packages I didn't mention here. You're definitely invited to check out Joe's post for the rest of the packages that made his top 40. And those are your R Weekly highlights for today. Perhaps I'm a little biased here, you, but you would be hard-pressed to find such an amazing collection of a full spectrum of tutorials, innovative uses of R in the real world, new developments in packages, and much more in one single place. Such as another enlightening screencast on using tidy models for the analysis of Netflix titles, a new package to render mapping data in the Unity 3D engine, recordings of recent R meetups such as integrating R with the increasingly popular Rust language, and more. Even though we operate on a much smaller scale than the aforementioned Wikipedia, everyone, including you in the R community, is the key to our virtual engines to share all of these great uses of R every single week, 
And every contribution matters, no matter if it's a sharing a simple blog post or sending a small donation to the RWiki Patreon, as each of these is a tremendous help to our efforts. And if you have feedback on this show, you are invited to check out rweekly.org and hit that little podcast link where you'll see all the previous show notes and the contact page to send me feedback. And of course, I'm always responsive on Twitter as well. If you want to send me a note there, my handle is at the RCast. Have a fantastic week, and we will be back with another batch of our weekly highlights next week. <laughs>